It's April 2017. Episode 10, Drewtopia. Welcome to Hacking Culture, featuring in-depth interviews with free software advocates. Hacking Culture is brought to you by Lullabot, and I'm your host, Matthew Tift. Welcome to Hacking Culture. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Clayton Dewey from the Atten Design Group to talk about an exciting initiative called Drutopia that aims to revolutionize the way we build online tools. Welcome to the show, Clayton. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, could you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, I... I got involved in Drupal, which is an open source content management system and a community revolving around that. Uh, I looked at the notes you had ahead of the show and it said 11 years, which is wild. Um, so thanks for doing the math for me because I wasn't sure. I think, I think it's because I technically created a Drupal account quite a while ago when I was setting up um, a website. It was a, a news website for kind of like activist and leftist politics for the Rocky Mountain area is called the Rocky Mountain Resistor, um, which was inspired by an old uh, Wobbly newspaper. The Wobblies are, are, are a, like a, a labor union working to, to overthrow capitalism and implement a worker's utopia. <laughs> wow. And, yeah. They were super active in Colorado um, around, you know, the mining, uh, the Ludlow massacre happened in Colorado. Anyway, we won't get too far into that. But um, so that was my that was my entry into the Drupal world. Um, but that was just a hobby. I was a school teacher for a long time. And after five years, decided I wanted to do something else and circled back to Drupal. The The developer I worked with mostly um, Bart kind of took me under his wing, and when we started learning learning things together, we worked on a, another news site called The Precarious, which is no longer, but I'm sure you could bring it up on Internet Archive. And yeah, I started going to meetups, got yeah, pretty involved in the Denver community, and um, eventually got hired at Atten uh, Design Group, which is a, a web shop mostly doing Drupal work. For cause-driven organizations, so nonprofits, universities, uh, some media work. So I have to ask: It sounds like you have been involved in education and social reform, and I just happen to have been reading some books by John Dewey, the great educational reformer. And since you share a same last <laughs> name, is there any relation there? Oh man, I wish there was because I really like a lot of his thinking and his ideas, but there isn't. I'm not related to any of the famous Deweys. No, uh, the Dewey Decimal System, I can't claim. There is a town in Utah, Deweyville. I think there's about 200 people, and that is named after one of my great great something or other grandfathers. So that that's the quote. That's the most famous Dewey I think <laughs> there is. I figured that was a long shot, and I know there's a lot. <laughs> but it was interesting to me, the, the similarities. But I guess yeah, yeah. we will find out more about that as this show unfolds. 
The topic of today's show is Drewtopia. Could you just start off with an overview of how you describe Drewtopia? Yeah, on a on a really high level, Drewtopia is an an initiative within the Drupal project to build to build tools using Drupal for grassroots organizations. The way that we're doing that is through what are called distributions. Um, and I think I can explain this without getting too far into the weeds, uh, which is that Drupal as a content management system is very powerful and can be extended to do all sorts of different things. It can be used to build a media platform for like a news organization. It can be built for you know something similar to like an Airbnb where you're posting um, housing opportunities. You can kind of do whatever you want with it. Um, and as a result, it starts out very bare bones and doesn't assume what kind of website you want to build, which is fantastic for, for development purposes. But what makes it difficult for kind of lower resource, smaller budget groups is that it means you're starting from scratch. And so this is where distributions come in. A distribution is using Drupal and kind of like pre-defining some features um, for a particular purpose. And so there are distributions out there for churches, there are distributions out there for like little league sports teams, where people have taken the time using Drupal to pre-package features that would be for a certain use case. And so that's the model that we're using at Drutopia to help bring tools to grassroots groups, to pre-assemble some of the key features that grassroots organizations would need uh, with their website to do the work that they're doing. How did you get involved with Drutopia? Um, I got involved with Drutopia through a distribution that Atten built in Drupal 7 called OpenAid. Um, and that was a distribution that was kind of geared towards nonprofits doing international aid work. It was uh, funded through a group called Knowledge for Health, and they do knowledge management. And they have a bunch of small affiliate organizations that are doing things like cholera prevention or um, um, malaria intervention. But they don't have, um, those smaller groups didn't have the budgets to, to hire developers to build full-on websites. But the main group, k for health kept fielding requests from these smaller groups that are associated with them asking for websites, and they, they just didn't have the bandwidth to do that. So they partnered with Atten to build a distribution called OpenAid so that you could just spin up these sites for them and that the site would have a blog, it would have a resource library, it would have a photo galleries. And we built that for them, but they were great about it and wanted it to be contributed back to the general public as an open source project. And so anyone could download that and use that. And I actually came on to Atten after that was built, but then worked to improve it. We released a second version of that. And in doing that work, I, you know, I, I looked around to see if there were other distributions, how they were doing things, and I found Open Outreach. And Open Outreach is, is a distribution that is very similar. It has um, it has a blog, it has events, it has resources. So 
So I emailed the maintainers of that project and said, hey, you know, like, looks like our distributions are pretty similar to each other. I wonder if there's any way we could collaborate. And at the time we looked at, you know, we looked at each of our code base and it just, it was, it was too different to really make sense to, to collaborate in a practical way. But we knew that Drupal 8 was on the horizon and said, hey, let's, you know, once Drupal 8 is closer to being released, let's, uh, let's get back together and, and talk about possibly building a distribution together. And so that happened. And in those conversations, we, we talked about how much um, redundancy there is in, in open source technology, P people building very similar tools to one another um, when they could be working together to build something. And we really liked the idea of not only did we want to collaborate on something together, but we wanted to do so in a way where it would allow others to collaborate with us. And so Drewtopia is not a single distribution. It's actually an ecosystem of distributions. And so we'll be building in a way that's, that's generalized enough so that when we build a, a distribution for you know, uh, an activist network, someone else who's building a distribution for food co-ops can, can do so within the Drewtopia ecosystem. And so if the, to give a practical example, if, if the blog functionality of our activist you know, uh, network distribution makes, meets the needs of, uh, of a food co-op distribution, if they wanted to have a blog too, then they could, they could just uh, use that blog functionality and focus their efforts on uh, something else that food co-ops need. And, um, and so that's, yeah, so that's the, that's the basis of Drewtopia. It's, a, it's, a, it's an ecosystem of distributions that, that we are building. So is there an actual Drutopia distribution? Yes, yeah. So there's a Drutopia base. And so that base distribution has all of the functionality that we can just assume all of these distributions are going to need, or at least most likely. And if in the case your distribution doesn't need events functionality, then that's just a, a module that just doesn't get turned on. And so at the moment, off the top of my head, I can list off some, some functionality. So blog would be one. News article would be another that's pretty similar. Um, groups, having, having group pages is another. Um, a resource library. And then what we are calling actions, which is sort of like volunteer opportunities that, that individuals can sign up for. Um, so these are the, yeah sort of the, the key functionality that all of these distributions would be able to um, take advantage of. I see. So it's kind of like you're using Drupal as a base mm -hmm. and then Drutopia as a base distribution That's and right. then other distributions that have more specific functionality based on the organization's needs. Exactly, exactly. One of the things that it sounds like you guys have been working on recently is a distribution called Solidarity. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So that's our first kind of more specialized distribution that we're building. Um, and we're pretty excited about this one. It, this came out of, out of user research that we did uh, with grassroots organizations to get a sense as to what are their needs and what kind of tools would be helpful to build. 
And so uh, there's two groups in particular that we've been talking with to get this information from. Uh, one is the Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee, which is a bit of a mouthful. Um, and they're a labor union made up of people who are currently incarcerated, so prisoners. And they're actually affiliated with the IWW, the Industrial Workers of the World, the Wobblies that I mentioned earlier that put out the Rocky Mountain Resistor that I myself and Bart and some others made that website inspired by. So, so that's funny. That random factoid actually came full circle in a, in a strange way. Um, <laughs> good, good on us for that. Um, yeah. And so they have, yeah, I mean, they have a pretty fascinating challenge, which is they have, like, like any union, you have, you have your shop stewards, you have your union members, and those union folks get together and they make decisions and then uh, they make proposals for the rest of the union that gets sent out to the other branches and, and they those branches read that proposal and their members discuss it and then they vote. But as you can imagine, the prison industrial complex is it puts up all sorts of barriers to communication and coordination between people. So we're building a distribution called Solidarity with them in mind, but building it in a way that that other network-based organizations will be able to take advantage of. Um, and so there'll be pages for each chapter um, of the organization. There are, yeah, what I was describing as actions that one can take. So um, oftentimes these folks are uh, experiencing repression for their organizing activities. And so um, they might be thrown into solitary confinement for their organizing. There have been protests that have been violently repressed by prison guards. And, um, and so at that time, they have people call the prison to, to let them know that people on the outside are watching, to demand accountability when prison guards um, are overstepping their bounds and, and hurting people or throwing people in solitary confinement for their political uh, affiliations or activity. So that's, that's the first kind of focused distribution that we're releasing. And pretty soon here, you know, hopefully by the time this podcast goes out, we'll have a more public call for participation there. Basically, right now, we're taking a look at all of the functionality we have to build, tallying up the estimated hours required to build it and then we'll be asking people to um, contribute to that effort either through donating so that we can pay folks like myself and others to spend time building this second volunteering their own time and third working with their companies to provide in-kind donations so essentially setting aside hours within the work week to be able to to build solidarity and release a website for the Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee. But more importantly, or at least equally importantly, have this solidarity distribution that any other activist network-based organization could also use. Wow. How did you decide on starting with solidarity and working with that particular group? Um, I think because of the current political reality we're finding ourselves in, 
you know, I live here in the United States and with the election of Donald Trump, we are in a in a heightened sense of urgency when it comes to addressing um, social justice issues. We're seeing people uh, deported and harassed on levels that we have not seen in quite some time. Uh, we have the attack on the free press. We have very provocative rhetoric around uh, violence against demonstrators being something that's okay. We still have epidemic you know, levels of, of police violence. There's a lot, there's a lot to be done. One of the things that we've heard from grassroots organizations is that there is kind of a scaling issue happening. There are a lot of people, uh, a lot of them new to, to organizing and to, to social justice issues who are wanting to lend a hand. And so people are finding themselves, and Drutopia is actually, it, we're in this situation as well where we and others don't have the ability to easily onboard a large number of people who are wanting to help. And so um, that's why such a focus is being put with solidarity on this notion of taking actions, is to be able to put out, okay, here is something concrete that everyone can do. Go call this prison and demand that this person be released from solitary confinement or call this prison and ask that they, you know, that they pay their workers um, a fair wage for the, the work that they're doing while incarcerated. of other groups that I have seen that seem like they're trying to do similar things, mobilize developers and other technically inclined people to create tools, progressive coders network, and there's an action network that's trying to get activists together. Have you, have you guys been working with any other groups like that? Or is this mostly sort of focused on let's let's take people in the Drupal community and we have a, a common skill set and language and let's work together within that subset of that community? Yeah, we've focused mostly on the Drupal community um, at this point. In part, you know, our outreach so far has been pretty moderate because of that scalability issue I was talking about. We've been heads down sort of tinkering away at the, the the underlying architecture of the project what are the you know like what are the naming conventions we're using how are we defining layouts all of these sort of fundamental questions that will then once those are decided it's going to be a lot easier for someone to hop on board and just plug away and start working on the blog feature or working on this action feature. And so we haven't completely opened the floodgates 
you know, to to all of these volunteers that we know are out there and eager to to contribute. And so we're now starting to ramp that up. We now have a technical guide defined and and some of these key components. And so, you know, coming onto this podcast, for example, now is when we're starting to to do more of that outreach because now we know that we can call on people and they can come to the GitLab project board and, and actually have something meaningful to, to start digging into. As far as that, what that strategy looks like to your original question, yeah, we're starting with the Drupal community because we all know that the best, but definitely are planning on branching out to just the general developer and designer community as well. Um, there are some specific communities outside of the Drupal project that we have already been reaching out to. One in particular is the platform cooperative movement. And the other is um, May 1st People Link, which is both a hosting provider and member-based organization that helps get free software tools into the hands of um, grassroots organizations. Well, that sounds great. I noticed that on that GitLab page, there's quite a few projects, and you have used the word we a number of times. Can you mm -hmm. talk a little bit about who else is working on this with you at the moment? Yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of projects on GitLab going back to that modularity that we're being very thoughtful and intentional about. And so there isn't just a single project for solidarity because we want to be building the, the different key pieces of functionality in a way that other distributions in the Drewtopia ecosystem can take advantage of as well, right? So we only have functionality baked into the solidarity repository that we know is only going to be unique to that distribution. So yeah, so there's already a lot of opportunity to, to, to help out and move things along. And then to answer your second question, so the we that I'm referring to is, uh, is a kind of a core group right now. The leadership team of Jutopia is myself, Nejo Rogers, and Rosemary Mann. Those are the two um, folks who I mentioned were open, the open outreach maintainers. Um, in addition to that, as uh, Erin Holloway, she is a, a designer, a user experience designer at Atten. And Leslie, I am escaping her last name at the moment. She is based in Boston. She is handling kind of the project management side of, uh, of the effort. And, um, and Ben Melanson, who's also in Boston and works for a worker co-op called Agar. And it's been helping with like the marketing and kind of DevOps sort of processes. Um, but we're, we're all pretty fluid in terms of our scope and help out wherever we can. And then we have a, kind of a second tier of sort of um, dedicated volunteers. We have folks in Ireland. Uh, we have, uh, we've had some activity down in Ecuador. And where else are folks from? I think some other folks in Boston. Yeah. So anyway, so that's kind of the we. And that, that, that number where, again, now that we have kind of the underlying architecture, nitty gritty, sort of sussed out, 
that we uh, were planning on growing to be quite a bit larger. Um, we also have a very simple one-page site that has our statements of purpose, and we've asked people to sign on to that. And I don't know the last count, but it's definitely over 100 people have signed that. I think like 160 or so. And so that's definitely like our first group um, that we'll be sending this more public call out to of like, all right, we're ready. We got we got these underlying specifications defined. We've got wireframes uh, for the solidarity distribution. Let's do this thing. So at this point, if somebody was listening to this podcast in April of 2017 and they wanted to build a website right now, they might use open outreach. But if they were thinking about building a site for their nonprofit, they might want to watch Drewtopia. And if they really want to get the the first news as it comes out, they should go to drewtopia.org and sign up. Yeah, that's right. And actually, I would say that we're farther along than that. I, if you're interested in, in upgrading your site or creating a new site, now is actually the time to get on board. In addition to the Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee website, um, we are also going to be launching looks like two other sites we already have on the docket at the moment. And we're hoping to launch those pretty soon, like May or June, um, because Drewtopia base is pretty, is functionality wise, is pretty much there. Um, the main piece that we're going to be focusing on at this point is, is a base theme and uh, making the, the functionality look, look a bit better than just, you know, using uh, Drupal's theme. Drewtopia is a distribution, but for the person that is interested in Drewtopia and wants to get involved, or maybe they want to use it to build a website, mm -hmm. they could also have their site hosted with Drewtopia at some point. Is that correct? Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because that's one aspect that I'm pretty excited about. So, so we are building all of these tools. They'll all, they're all free software, so anyone can download it for free and use it. Uh, one of the pain points, though, that we've identified with talking with grassroots organizations is that the hosting and the maintenance of a website can be very expensive and fraught with frustration and difficulties. Groups will save up, they'll use their budget, they'll get a website, but then two months out, three months out, five months out, you know, there's a there's a bug that surfaces or there's a there's like a minor tweak that they want to make to it. And but they don't really have the funds for that. Um, and, and then, you know, with Drupal, security updates aren't applied automatically. And so you need someone there who can apply those updates on your behalf. For a lot of people, it becomes a real headache. And we see more and more groups moving to these hosted platforms like Squarespace and like Nation Builder, which gives you the comfort of knowing that your site is up, it's hosted, the updates are taken care of for you, you don't have to really worry about things. Also, the cost is, is oftentimes a lot lower than a custom site build in Drupal. And so we're seeing more and more organizations move to these platforms. And there's a few there's a few things that are problematic about that. One is that they're moving away from free software and onto proprietary software, 
which means that you're now losing the, the extendability of free software. You're also moving onto platforms that, you know, frankly, like if, if, if we uh, as the public can't see the code, I don't trust it. We've had so many breaches of trust when it comes to proprietary software, especially lately when it comes to Uber tracking drivers without their consent. Or you have Facebook collaborating with police departments and allowing them to track activists based on hashtags. We cannot be assured of what proprietary systems are doing when we can't review the code. That's just sort of a logical thing. And I'm not saying that like Squarespace or Nation Builder are necessarily doing anything nefarious. But just as a matter of principle, I think it's really important that when we can, we're using free software. And especially when it comes to organizations where their own value system is about transparency and openness and accountability. The second issue with this, with this move is that you're, you're dead-ended as far as the functionality you get. You're now at the mercy of Squarespace or Nation Builder as far as what kind of features you're going to be able to get. This is, the, this is really kind of the more revolutionary side of what we're trying to do, which is redefining the relationship between the end user and the software project. Because the reality is that even with free software, oftentimes the role of an end user with that free software is a very passive role. We have these freedoms with free software of the freedom to look at the code, the freedom to copy that code and share it with others, the freedom to edit that code. And those are very powerful freedoms, but they're all very code-centered and developer-centered. I use Thunderbird as an email client. It's, a free, it's free software, but I don't, I don't, I don't write code for, for Thunderbird. And if, if you were to show me it, I, I, would have, I wouldn't really be able to understand what's going on. And I, and I don't have the time to like, you know, get into the issue queues and, and, and fix bugs or, you know, contribute to the project on that kind of level. But as an end user, I would still like to know what the roadmap is, what kind of features are they rolling out, maybe even offer my own ideas as to what kind of features would be helpful. And so this is, this is the piece that we're really excited about with the Jutopia project is that we are building in from the very beginning a highly engaged relationship between the end user and the project. So people will be able to choose to have a hosted version of Drutopia. The experience will be very similar to, to Nation Builder or Squarespace, for example, where for a monthly fee, you're paying for the hosting services of your site. It's, hosting is taken care of, security updates are applied. But in addition to that, your fees are also your membership dues. And you are a member of the Drutopia project. And that means that you have voting powers. One member gets one vote, just like in a cooperative in the physical world, like a food co-op. And so, um, so these members, end users, will be able to see the roadmap, weigh in on what features should be prioritized, and really start building that relationship amongst people who are not just developers to make meaningful contributions to the project itself. 
I really like that. And now seems like a good time for me to admit that I have signed on to the statement <laughs> on Drewtopia.org. But also because what you just described sounds like it probably would resonate with a lot of the listeners of the show or anybody who's passionate about free software and activism. And I'll just relate a little story. After the election, I read the book Rules for Radicals by Saul Alinsky. Mm-hmm the grandfather of organizing, that's what they call Alinsky. But this is a book from the 70s, and there's a a new book that came out recently by a couple of people from the Bernie Sanders campaign called Rules for Revolutionaries. And it talks about organizing, it talks about getting people together for a cause, and throughout the book they mention things like, oh, and just use Slack, and just use Google Docs, and just mm-hmm. use one proprietary software after another. And I kept reading that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's convenient, and it probably works, but it seems like if you actually are revolutionaries, you're not just using a whole bunch of corporate software. Mm-hmm. One of the things that sounds great about Drutopia is if you are one of those organizations that is passionate about what you do, but also wants to use tools that reflect those values. To me, it seems like Drutopia fits that ticket in a way that something like Squarespace doesn't. So mm-hmm. I am very excited about that aspect of this and the ability to not just have software that's free, but that's usable and maybe even get support. Is that also uh, an aspect of what will be offered. Yeah, that's huge. That is honestly maybe the most important aspect of this project, really, is, and it's, it's yeah, there is such a high ceiling when it comes to this. The free software community has so much potential around this, around redefining the ways in which free software projects are managed and governed and who can contribute and in what ways they can contribute. Um, because that's, you know, it's it's an opportunity that we are now beginning to understand. I know um, in one of your previous episodes, you talked with Allison Randall, and, and I remember her talking about that, about her work with the open source, is it Initiative? Yes, OSI. Yeah, and, and exploring that a little bit more of... Um, it's fine and well that this code is is open and, and free to use, but that's that's only tapping into the interests of developers that you know and so and and really like we can't completely blame activists and revolutionaries and radicals for using things like Slack and Google Docs because we haven't really taken the time to do a good job of bringing them into our communities. And if you have the same passive relationship with uh, Slack as you do with um, IRC or Mattermost, then sure, yeah, it's it's no difference to you as an end user, right? Like you you aren't reading the code, but if you have the ability to say, hey, as an end user of this messaging app, I would love to see X, and if the developers and the designers have a really good way of responding to that effectively, then yeah, you're like a part of that community now. And you now have an, a vested interest in using uh, Mattermost, for example, over Slack. And, and groups like Mattermost, which is a free software Slack alternative, you know, are really picking up on this. And so it's a really exciting time 
through the free software technology because I think more and more projects are understanding that and are starting to do that. And so, yeah, Drutopia, we want to be one of the leaders in what that looks like. As a, a side note, the Open Source Initiative president is now Allison Randall. Shortly after I interviewed her, she, oh, wow. she was elected. Nice. Another episode I had on hacking culture when I was talking to Nate Haug about backdrop. It seems like some of the things that the backdrop community is doing, and I should just mention backdrop is a Drupal fork, which is very different from what you're doing, which is building a Drupal distribution. But it seems like there are some elements of the backdrop community that are are similar to some of the elements and some of the values to the Drutopia group. Have you guys done any sort of collaboration or had any discussions? We have, yeah. That was that was actually one of the biggest conversations that we had at the beginning of the project is, do we build this ecosystem of distributions off of Backdrop or Drupal? And... We were torn, and there were kind of advocates for for both sides. I think the the focus and the values and the spirit of backdrop is is more in line with the Drutopia project. But technically, what we are trying to to make possible, the Drupal project was better for. So yeah, it was a it was a tough decision, um, and we and we talked with the backdrop folks um, about it and kind of asked them some questions uh, uh, when it came to technical considerations and, and their values. And yeah, the conclusion we drew was that, that in order for us to do what we wanted to technically, we, it would be best to, to use Drupal 8. But with that said, we want to um, collaborate as much as possible and so, support Backdrop as much as possible because we think it's absolutely healthy to have have forked Drupal to do that for Backdrop to exist. I think the way I see how Backdrop and Drutopia relate to one another is that Backdrop has lowered the, um, the cost, bar- the barrier of cost when it comes to custom sites where nonprofits do want something that's a bit more customized. It's going to be a lot more achievable to do that in Backdrop than Drupal 8. Also, they just have so, like the path upward from Drupal 7 to Backdrop is just much easier than Drupal 8. And so, so that's a great option for groups that are already on Drupal 7 and want to continue on and have more of a customized experience. Then Backdrop is a really, really good approach. I would recommend that. And then for those folks who are wanting to take advantage of the, the features that Drupal 8 has to offer or and or want more of a hosted option that's going to be a little bit less customized but has the assurance of, 
of security updates and hosting and also the like collective improvements that will come over time with the Drewtopia project because we're all collaborating together, then Drewtopia is a good um, a good match. Um, the other thing that we're we're hoping to do, this is still kind of early in the works, and I hope it happens, but May 1st, People Link, the member-based organization that I mentioned that's a hosting provider is wanting to do user research um, amongst their members. And that's something that we've been doing with grassroots organizations, but want to continue to do. And that was something that we had identified with the backdrop community is doing more research um, to understand what are the tools that people are asking for and need. And so conducting that research and sharing it with everyone um, so that the backdrop community has more information on what would be good to add to the backdrop project and the Drewtopia community knows what would be good to add to Drewtopia and the May 1st hosting provider has more information on what would be helpful for them. And really like all of these other initiatives that you were mentioning, right? There's like this explosion of interest in the developer community to provide tools for progressive and radical causes. And one way to ensure that we're building things that are relevant is to take the time to talk to people and, and see what are their needs. So anyone out there listening that works for a Drupal shop that wants to help support this could not only do it on their free time, but they could encourage their employer to get involved as well. And I would encourage anybody to do that. Yes, absolutely. That is going to be one of the one of the best ways to support the project. The word Drutopia is a combination of two words, Drupal and Utopia. So there's a sense in that word of mm -hmm. a vision for the future, a vision for a better world. Could you just talk a little bit more about sort of your vision for where the project is going? Yeah, so some near-term <laughs> utopian visions. Um, I'm really excited for the launch of the Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee. They also have an abbreviation of IWOC. I'll just start saying that now. Um, I feel like I'm like always out of breath after I say their name. So I'm really excited for the IWOC website to launch um, because they're doing very powerful work. The, the prison industrial complex is, it's, it's almost a nation within a nation. We have the largest prison population in the world, in the history of the world. And what happens there is so often behind closed doors and there's just massive levels of injustice that go on there. And they are one of the most powerful organizations that are starting to bring attention to that and starting to change that and build collective power amongst prisoners and say that just because we are incarcerated doesn't mean that we now give up our humanity and are can be mistreated the way that we are. And that they launched the largest coordinated prison strike in history last year. And they were able to do it on, you know, very shoestring budget, very, you know, like like a lot of these very inspiring organizations, they were using you know, like a very limited WordPress blog and text messaging and Twitter, and uh, we're able to achieve a lot 
And so just imagine what they're going to be able to do with a site that is designed for their needs and for other networks. The second thing that as I look out on the horizon is I am really excited about this ecosystem that we're building. There's so much duplicative work that happens in the Drupal community. There's such a focus on custom site builds where we're all building essentially the same kinds of things, functionality-wise at least. And it just, it doesn't make sense to me that the kinds of tools that that one needs to pay for in Drupal are as expensive as they are. We, we, ha- we can solve these problems once for people and then move on to more interesting problems. And in the meantime, reduce the, um, the barrier to, to using Drupal and free software. Um, I definitely envision a, a world where we have a trend that shifts from the current trend to moving to things like Nation Builder and Squarespace and proprietary systems, or even just over-reliance on Facebook and instead using free software and a free software that has brought in these folks into the project themselves so they have a meaningful voice at the table. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Clayton. Did you want to add any parting words before we go? Uh, You plugged Drutopia.org earlier, so I'll just end by plugging it again. That's the very best way to to learn about the project and get involved. Um, And I'm I'm so excited about the initiative and what it's what it's already doing and what it will be doing soon. And would love any of uh, any of the people who are listening right now to to learn more and get involved. Thanks again, Clayton. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hacking Culture. You can learn more about this show and subscribe at lullabot.com slash hacking culture. Please follow at Hacking Culture and at Matthew Tift on Twitter. You can also contact Matthew via email at hackingculture at lullabot.com. This episode is released under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 United States License. Hacking Culture is produced at Lullabot. The theme music is from the Open Goldberg Variations. Thank you for listening. Thank you.